Yes, I can. Okay, uh, we do have a quorum of the council. Recording in progress. And on Zoom. So, good afternoon. I'd like to call to order this special meeting of the Berkeley City Council for Tuesday, July 25th, 2023. And I'd like to ask the city clerk to please call the roll. Uh, Councilmember Kesarwani is absent. Taplin? Present. Bartlett is absent. Harrison is absent. Hahn? Present. Wengraff? Present. Robinson? Present. Humbert? Present. And Mayor Erdine? Present. A quorum is present. Thank you very much. Um, so this is a special meeting of the City Council to take up one item, item one, uh, the Civic Center Phase 2 design concept. Um, so we will not be taking public comment on non-agenda matters, but we welcome any on any comments on anything that's not on our agenda at the beginning of our six o'clock uh, regular city council meeting. So I'd now like to move to the action calendar and proceed to item one, the Civic Center phase two design concept. And um, we'll first start with the staff presentation. I wanna turn it over to Eleanor Hall Hollander, our economic development manager. Good afternoon, Mayor. Hope you all can hear me well. Um, as your chairs have barely gone cold from last night, we will work to go quickly, um, lest we have to update our slides for the following day. Um, it's super um, wonderful to be here with you all this afternoon. Thank you for taking up this special session with this truly marquee project. Uh, I'm Eleanor Hollander. I'm the manager of the Office of Economic Development, which is embedded in the city manager's office. And it is a pleasure to be here tonight, along with Liam Garland, the director of public works and members of our consultant team led by Siegel and Strain Architects. Um, as a reminder, this effort includes uh, three main elements, two historic uh, city buildings and our also historic Civic Center Park. The Civic Center project, originally constructed in phases, uh, includes the Model Chirac building completed in 1909 at 2134 Martin Luther King Jr. Way, the Veterans Memorial Building at 1931 Center Street, completed in 1928, and the Civic Center Park, which sits between the two buildings. Also, the surrounding streets of Center Street to the north, Martin Luther King Jr. Way to the east, Alston Way to the south, and under consideration um, are these surrounding streets as well. Uh, enclosing the square is the building at 2180 Milvia Street, where many of you are joining us remotely tonight that contains most city offices. I just want to say before we really get into the details and I turn the floor over to my colleague Susie here, it has been an incredible pleasure and privilege to lead this once in a generation project with such tremendous civic impact. Every step we take on this journey is a truly monumental effort to thinking through what Berkeley is going to be for the next three to four generations. So I'm very excited to turn the floor over to Susie Marzola and Amanda Knowles from Siegel and Strain Architecture, who will share with us the design concept for Civic Center. Thank you. Thank you, Eleanor. And thank you, council members. Thank you, Eleanor, for helping me out here. It's been a long time since I've been in a public meeting with council members present in the room, so this is pretty exciting. Um, and I, again, thank you for this group and others who are watching and others who have participated throughout this process for your continued dedication to this important place in the heart of our community. What this effort has reinforced 
for us, the consultants and the design team and our colleagues in the city, is that people, Berkeley residents, students, workers, employees who participated in this effort, have great aspirations for this place, Berkeley Civic Center. As our population grows and our downtown densifies, interest is mounting for an investment in this place as a cultural civic center. As many of you remember, the initial 2019-2020 effort uh, concluded with a council-adopted vision statement that imagines the Civic Center as a prime space for civic life, culture, and the arts. Our 2022-23 effort, the effort that we're in right now, sought to test this idea and expand it into a holistic design concept informed by community and grounded in place. This current effort not only validated the 2020 vision statement as the project's North Star, it revealed another high-level framework, a compass, if you will, that represents Berkeley's culture and shared values as its points, which are an inclusive, caring community, expressive arts, good governance, empowering education, supported by progressive policy, history, nature, and places for people to be together and come together. The final Berkeley Civic Center design concept rep uh, report, which you all have, have, and I'm sure you've read every page of it, <laughs> um, uh, represents input gathered from about 750 individuals from the community, more than 35 members with city council members, um, meetings, I should say, with council members, commissions, city staff, the community for Cultural Civic Center, many of whom are here tonight, this afternoon, I should say, and other groups who use the Civic Center area on a regular basis, not to mention the many coordination meetings we had with our steering team, including Eleanor, Liam, Elmar, and Jen. With each discussion and with each session, we adjusted, we tweaked, we improved the design concept, integrating new information and ideas while keeping our eye on the vision and the city's shared values. The resulting design concept features the Maudel Sherrick Building as the seat and symbol of Berkeley's democracy, the Veterans Memorial Building as a community arts center, and the Civic Center Park as a safe nature-based oasis for all to enjoy. The complete report offers a lot more detail about how the vision and the values related to its many aspects, those being use and flexibility, resiliency, efficiency, accessibility, safety, and biodiversity are met and upheld. We'll use the next few minutes to hit the highlights of the design and answer any questions you might have after the presentation. So now I'm gonna hand it over to my colleague at Seal and Strain, Amanda Knowles, who will walk us through um, some of the uh, highlights of the design concepts. Thank you, Susie. So um, starting with the open space, the design concept maintains the historic structure of the park and surrounding streets while simplifying and widening the existing paths to prioritize spaces for people and nature. Proposed improvements include a shared pedestrian priority center street, the Turtle Island Monument and Terrace, an improved large green and adjacent uh, relocated nature-based playground, and a collection of seating areas and flexible plaza spaces situated around the park and in front of the Model Shirek building to invite use and enjoyment. 
The same prioritization of public serving flexible spaces informed the use and layout of the two historic buildings. As the seat of Berkeley's democracy, the Model Shirek building will provide fully accessible hearing rooms and flexible meeting, work, and reception spaces on the first and second floor, shown here in blue and gold, for use by community groups, city commissions and committees, and the city council. Co-located with these public functions are vision-aligned groups, including Berkeley Community Media, shown in green on the floor plans, and the Berkeley Historical Society and Museum, shown in pink. For the Veterans Memorial Building, Jen LaVorne of the City Civic Art Division did great work in organizing and soliciting input with us from a diverse group of local arts organizations about needs and desires for a city-owned and operated community arts center. The design concept report shows a gracious accessible entry from the Arts Plaza leading to a lobby and a new box office at the first floor. Flexible art spaces in the wings, shown in pink, with exhibition and visual art spaces on the first floor and practice and performance spaces on the second floor. Additions at the stage to transform the main auditorium into a performance hall and a rooftop event space with great views of the park, the city and beyond. The design concept report represents an enormous effort from many members of our community and sets us on a path towards a civic center that fulfills the promise of the adopted 2020 vision statement. The design concept is just a starting point. During the upcoming technical study and specific design phases, partnerships, space needs, technical requirements, and designs will be further refined to create a civic center that serves our community long into the future. And I'll hand it here back to Susie to highlight some specific next steps. Thank you, Eleanor. Um, the report, as Amanda mentioned, also identifies um, more than the two I'm about to talk to for your consideration as next steps. The two that we're going to focus on here tonight or this afternoon um, are in the public realm and have implications beyond their subject areas. And they both require comprehensive explorations to inform solutions that are aspirational and that fit and work together in the creation of an identifiable civic center. One of these studies is a transportation study focused on improving pedestrian safety in the what we're calling the Civic Cultural Center. Recommendations, which resulted from meeting with the fire marshal and transportation division, is to perform an all-encompassing traffic and circulation goal um, study with the goal of maximizing pedestrian safety, expanding the pedestrian experience in this otherwise highly congested traffic area before we implement any single street-related improvement. All of these improvements need to be considered together, not in isolation, so that they can complement and support one another. Another study for your consideration is a comprehensive study of daylighting Strawberry Creek. Daylighting the creek received support from 51% of survey respondents who, studied, who cited restoration of habitat and access to nature as reasons to consider this investment. Other survey respondents raised concerns that the creek here would be prohibitive to build, cost-wise to build and to maintain, and would limit the usefulness of the park. Many wondered if this was the right place, given the urban setting and the desired flexibility. A full and comprehensive exploration that goes beyond the 1999 Wolf Mason study that considers opportunities, 
impacts, benefits, and trade-offs is necessary to understand the hydrology and to consider the other affected systems, including utilities, traffic and circulation, existing and potential use patterns in the park, the neighborhood, and the urban context. We know there is a lot of interest and passion in this idea, so that we rec so we recommend that the Creek study be comprehensive to tease out all these issues and promises of a daylit creek in this specific downtown location. Now to Liam, who is also attending virtually, to talk about our favorite subject, cost and funding. Thank you so much, Susie. I am Liam Garland, Public Works uh, Director, um, and here to hit on a few issues before we close down the, the staff presentation. Um, following up on our Mar uh, March work session, uh, uh, one of our tasks on the project team was to take a harder look at the cost ranges that had been provided to City Council for this project. Uh, and indeed, we did that, brought on a, a third-party expert in cost estimation to take another look at our numbers, to also look at whether the refinements to the design concepts had affected these estimates. And you see here uh, those preliminary cost ranges for construction costs listed on the left side of this slide. And you'll see that the estimates are pretty close to our March estimates uh, for construction contract uh, uh, construction costs. Uh, they're between 101 million and 100 and uh, 129 million on the high end. Um, I should note that there is a 10% construction contingency included in this construction cost range. We also went the next step, uh, which is to look at other city costs uh, related to these technical studies, to um, uh, some of the environmental and planning approvals, the design of the project, the permitting, et cetera. Um, and we used the benchmark of about 20% of the overall construction costs is attributable to these other city costs. So uh, separate from those construction costs, we um, estimate uh, about 21 million to 26 million on the high end in terms of those other city costs. We also looked at the operations and maintenance costs. In other words, with these, uh, especially the two buildings renovated, what is it gonna cost the city to operate and maintain those buildings? And what we've done is we've taken the square foot costs of operations and maintenance derived from our 1947 Center Street building, a building that is, uh, uh, has meeting spaces, uh, has uh, um, some city staff members uh, sitting there, uh, has some uh, external agencies. And we've taken that cost per foot and we've applied it to both the Chirac building and the Vets Memorial building. Um, and that's where we've derived uh, the about a million to 1.2 million in operations and maintenance costs after the buildings are uh, uh, renovated and occupied. Amanda, next slide, please. The, um, a key part of this conversation from uh, the very beginning of this project has been the funding strategy moving forward. Um, and I just want to note up front that the most important thing that the city council and our community could do to uh, bring funding to this project is to adopt uh, a concept plan. With uh, a strong plan will come 
um, uh, funding. Uh, and so that's an, uh, tonight's action is actually a funding strategy. Um, uh, uh, so that's the, the first and most important thing on the funding strategy. Overall, uh, the, uh, the funding strategy is an all of the above approach. Um, what people refer to as earmarks uh, or congressionally directed spending requests, those will very likely be a part of the funding plan. We were un uh, unsuccessful in this last go around uh, 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 for this project, uh, but we're excited in uh, the winter having this plan adopted. We're excited to tee it up for another uh, uh, chance uh, at an earmark. In addition, uh, components of the um, uh, building improvements, for example, on seismic retrofitting, um, uh, some of the sustainability and resiliency components, those are gonna tee themselves up pretty nicely for grant funding. City funding, of course, is gonna have to be a piece of the puzzle as well. That could be the city's general fund, it could be um, a future tax measure of some sort. It might be certificates of participation. And these are essentially uh, uh, tools to bond against future general fund revenues. So they, uh, they can be used to finance the, uh, the construction of projects uh, of this size. So these are all uh, tools within the all, all of the above funding strategy uh, that could get us to a fundable and uh, delivered project. Amanda, next slide, please. In conclusion, uh, staff is recommending uh, that you adopt uh, the design concept and uh, the report. Um, and I really want to thank uh, the project team first. Uh, Amanda and Susie from Siegel and Strain uh, have been incredible contributors to this project. Um, my colleague Eleanor uh, can't uh, uh, speak highly enough of, um, and support from Jennifer Laverne and Elmar Kapfer. Um, we hope you see yourself represented in this report. And what I mean is, uh, uh, it incorporates input from council, it incorporates input from many, 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 many stakeholders uh, and um, uh, uh, public uh, members of the public who've participated in the pro uh, project. So I'm really proud of that. Um, and looking forward to, um, uh, let me say it this way, if council does adopt the plan tonight, we have work to do. Uh, and what I mean is those technical studies that uh, Susie referenced, uh, we'll get to figuring out how those studies are gonna be funded, whether there might be gra uh, grant opportunities uh, to fund uh, some of those studies. Uh, and if not, making sure that we come back to council uh, uh, at the point of the annual, um, uh, essentially when budgets are adjusted, teeing up requests for funding uh, to help fund the studies to keep this project uh, on track. I'm going to pass it uh, back to the mayor again with a big thank you to the project team, to this community, and to the city council. Back to you, Mayor. Thank you very much. Um, well, it's very exciting that we're at this point. Uh, we launched this, I think, effort in 2018. And uh, 2020, we adopted the vision, but we said that we want to go back to the community to uh, not only engage um, different community organizations um, like the Four Cs, but also Berkeley Historical Society, Downtown Berkeley Association, neighbors, 
um, to get more specific input on the actual uses and design of the spaces. Um, because we had approved kind of a conceptual vision, but we wanted to see how that vision could be translated into actual um, concepts for the redevelopment of our civic center. So it's very exciting that we're at this point. Um, and I, I agree that the adoption of um, this uh, design concept will uh, enable us to be able to identify and seek additional funds. Um, I'll just note for the record, as was stated in the supplemental material, that um, you know these aren't final designs; these aren't final proposals. You know we need to we need to we need to do um, plans. There needs to be environmental review. So there's there's more process to, uh, you know to come hopefully in the future. Um, but uh, this is a really important milestone. I want to thank everyone who's been involved in getting us to this point. Um, so if I may suggest, uh, I think it would be good for us to proceed to public comment before we uh, begin council discussion and action on this item. So we'll um, now take public comment on item one, the Civic Center phase two design concept. And we'll go first to speakers here in the boardroom at 1231 Addison. So um, who would like to start, please come forward to the podium. And you guys have a long evening ahead. Thank you so much for um, making this time for the Civic Center after um, a little derailment a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm John Kaner. I'm the CEO of the Downtown Berkeley Association, but I'm here um, primarily this evening as the convener for the Community for a Cultural Civic Center, which is a big tent um, community group that we started meeting, um, gosh, uh, two, three years ago um, at the suggestion of staff and others. Um, Unfortunately, uh, for example, two of our members, um, uh, former mayors, um, Tom Bates and Lonnie Hancock can't be here. They're on vacation in Europe, um, but we have been in touch. And I think you have a letter from them uh, for their support. Um, first of all, I wanna really, really thank uh, staff and um, Susie and the rest of the team at um, Siegel and Strain. They've done an outstanding job. I think reaching out to the community, participation, finessing and working on a lot of uh, complex issues. I think we've come a long way from the prior plan. And I think one of the things that you heard from CCC and others that was way too much hardscape, the council chambers in the park was not a good idea to use that open space, um, rethinking some of the um, uses of the streets, et cetera. So, um, but it was done through community input, really extensive community input. Um, we're a big 10 organization. Um, we don't have unanimity, but I think we have some pretty good consensus in supporting this plan. We hope that you adopt. Or I certainly hope you adopt the plan that we move forward. We've got some big challenges for funding and taking the next steps, but I think we have a lot of uh, goodwill and participation. I know there's um, interest in uh, studying the creek, and I think that's included in there. Uh, I might also add that um, there was some interest also in looking at the uh, Veterans Memorial building of uh, building out some additional space in some of the courtyards. I don't think we need to modify or change the plan, but I think we've just uh, discussed it with staff um, that that maybe could be a possibility when precluded. And um, I also uh, really appreciate some of the work that's done as far as the uh, east end of the park for um, the Conflex's performance space for outdoor performances. As you know, the Downtown Berkeley Association manages um, the Bart Plaza, and we just did a, a big event there. 
but to be able to have performance space on the east, on the west side of the Civic Center building really has a lot of potential, et cetera. So again, I really want to thank um, uh, staff for doing a, a terrific job and um, and all of my fellow um, uh, members of CCC um, and look forward to working uh, through this. Um, and in um, in my uh, current job and retirement as a neighbor of three blocks from the park. Um, and also, I might want to say the Turtle Island Monument Project was just going to start just outside of the scope of that. That's going to be a really exciting project. So thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, I'm Lisa Bullwinkle. It's so nice to be back and face-to-face -face with everybody here. Um, I'm the former chair of the Art Commission, and I still sit on the Art Commission. I also sat on the C4 Committee, and I was on the Super Subcommittee that was um, convened by the city by members of the different commissions to work on this project. So it's been a couple of years and a lot of meetings. And I wanna say we're all super thrilled with the process and the response from the staff and Susie's team to the comments and input that these different groups have made. And um, they really listened and took into consideration the wants and needs of people. There is one little piece at the Veterans Center that was originally in the project that seems to have kind of fallen by the wayside. And it is two additions in the back on the east and the west sides of the building. There's a parking lot on one side in the back, and there's a kind of dead garden space on the other. We were hoping that those would be additional classroom spaces or meeting spaces, and we would really like to see a cost estimate for that. Even if we don't go forward with it, we want to know what it would be like to have that space because build it and they will come. Um, I'm very excited about this new project and to see how different it is from the initial study that we had, which uh, was a little scary. <laughs> And I think that's why there was so much interest in getting it right this time. And we, I'd say we got it right. So I hope that you guys approve it today. And thanks for all the hard work from all the staff and consultants and people who are sitting here today. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Good late afternoon, Council Members. Steve Finnecom. Uh, speaking as an individual, but I've been involved in this process all along as a uh, representative of the Landmarks Commission um, in in the process. Uh, and I want to um, I want to speak to the one of the same things that um, Lisa Bowmunkel was just talking about, which um, I strongly endorse. Uh, the Veterans Building courtyards are uh, an excellent space to cost out building additional wings for that building to function as classroom space, as maybe additional white box performance space, uh, support spaces. Um, the current plan does not contain um, a projection of uh, the, the costs for building those additions. You need that information so you can make intelligent policy decisions in the long term. So please put an asterisk in your approval saying that um, uh, that 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 those possible additions need to be fully studied. Um, both the Landmarks Commission and the Civic Arts Commission voted unanimously to um, endorse that recommendation. Um, it's in your voluminous correspondence. There, there are resolutions from both or correspondence from both uh, commissions. Um, and we, we really need um, those cost estimates. Uh, 
the veterans building is a beautiful building, but it's a small building. And we have more than I think 70 performing arts groups in Berkeley. So if it's, if it is built out at, beautifully. Um, the first thing people will say is, it's too small for us. We need more classrooms. We need more performance spaces. You can plan for that. Um, and I think it was best said by um, Kim Arno, who's a member of uh, Civic Arts C Commission, uh, who said, um, if we build it, we will fill it. Uh, so please um, uh, put put that in and make sure that, um, that, it's that you have information. And on Strawberry Creek, um, the creek culvert goes underneath the park, and so you will have to deal with it at some point. So a full study of the creek is really uh, necessary before the earthquake. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Wendy Noxcar from the Berkeley Times and the Community for a Cultural Civic Center, Berkeley Cultural Trust, etc. I just wanted to say that I would love to see um, us continue a welcoming cultural center for the arts history festival and government for the city, uh, all our residents um, and the park uh, thinking forward to access for all uh, in these many spaces and in the open space of the park. Uh, Think forward to the Vet Center as arts education and cultural center uh, used by all, including visitors, families, and unhoused residents. Uh, I love seeing the plan has got so much green space. Um, we're putting the seismic retrofitting um, as soon as possible as a really key part of this so that the buildings do not fall down before we have the chance to use them. Uh, we need intergenerational and diverse ability and language and tec technical options for maximum inclusivity. Uh, this needs to be assessed and revised on an ongoing basis. Um, I to particularly um, thank everyone involved in the Turtle Island Monument Project uh, over the past 30 years and the passionate advocates for keeping trees and comfortable green space in the park. We have a long way to go, and I encourage the council and everyone involved to please reach out to all parts of the community for creative ideas and input. Berkeley is really an amazing place. Uh, lots of innovation, lots of possibilities. Uh, approve all of this, but uh, remain flexible um, uh, for spaces for uh, at a low cost to various members of the community. Uh, and public <laughs> occupancy. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for holding this uh, special meeting. I'm super excited about all of the plans that I've seen. My name is Daniel McChesney Young, and I was born and raised in Berkeley. I grew up playing in the creeks. I have a little scar from a barbed wire on Strawberry Creek uh, and I'm also a bird watcher, but he, I'm here today um, as the Farmer's Market Program Manager for the Ecology Center, and I want to speak in support of the current Civic Center plan uh, on behalf of tens of thousands of annual shoppers, farmers, vendors, and community members. I ask that whatever plan is chosen centers the Berkeley Farmer's Markets and ensures its future success uh, to thrive and grow. 
Are any serious consideration of these ambitious ideas should first and foremost ensure that the space is an enhanced and expanded uh, with the existing value of the farmers markets in our community. We would be open to a plan that involved the relocation of the farmers market if that plan offers new synergies and is indeed a net enhancement for the market. That said, we have thoroughly explored relocation of the market many times, and we can say with the utmost authority that there are no viable alternative locations in the downtown area, which will meet the market's needs while complying with the city's fire and ADA requirements. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Hi. Um, my name is Chase Holmeyer. I grew up in San Francisco and Berkeley, and I'm a current resident. And um, I'm asking um, before you approve it to change the wording of a partial flow restoration to full restoration, the possibility of a full restoration. Um, the reason is because I'm an educator of middle and high school students, and I also am a mental health counselor. And it's really crucial for young people to have a fully restored creek. For teenagers who are having a mental health crisis right now in this country, having a place to de-stress and having something that counterbalances being online constantly, a creek is something that really draws teenagers that I work with out of their online gaming worlds. It's one of the only places that I've noticed they socialize out in nature. I live in the Presidio. There's a fully restored creek there. So many teenagers go there. It weirds me out. That's why I came here. I was like, I want the same thing to happen for Berkeley teens. Um, I also noticed that the fully restored Creek in the Presidio, there are so many young children. It really has a positive benefit for um, families with young children come from all over the Bay Area to go to that Creek. It's called the Petlinuk Creek. And they have all sorts of interactive educational activities for kids. Kids are always doing this um, interactive scavenger hunt for wildlife along the creek bed. And wildlife can't come back for the scavenger hunts if it's just a partial. So that's why I'm asking you to change it to full flow. So I think doing a full, full flow helps civic engagement of young people for the future, getting off the online world into a community center. And it also has educational benefit for young people. And I see that a full restoration has been so successful in the Presidio that I hope you can, um, you know, restore watersheds for our future generations. It's really helpful for flooding, helping there not be as many natural disasters. And we owe it to our future generations to take this moment now to restore the watershed. Thanks. Good afternoon, um, Mayor and City Council members. Um, I'm Linda Curry, and I'm speaking on behalf of my organization, Transition Berkeley, and our board members, Bonnie, Pierre, Lori, Ben, Sylvia, and Jennifer. Um, our organization has been working to restore habitat by planting pollinator gardens in parks, including Strawberry Creek Park. From our work in the park, we have witnessed firsthand how de the daylighted section of Strawberry Creek brings about so much vibrancy and life to the park and community. I have a couple photos here from just last Sunday. Um, I don't know if you can see, they're sort of small. Of uh, There were probably seven or eight kids playing in the park with different colored nets trying to catch things in the creek. And uh, this girl um, on the other side of the bridge called out to them and said, hey, come look, I have a baby lobster named Jeff. <laughs> 
So it's it's a pretty fantastic place. Um, the successful daylighting of the creek in Strawberry Creek Park decades ago did not uh, happen without concerns. City officials were very apprehensive about the project, the cost, flooding, safety issues, trash, crime, et cetera. But somehow the community vision prevailed. And if you visit the park um, at any point now, it's just uh, you'd be stunned by its natural beauty and popularity. Daylighting creeks can offer transformational change to urban areas and is a direct way to connect with nature, uh, support biodiversity, honor indigenous land uh, and rights of nature and offer educational opportunities and can bring in revitalization and revenue to name a few of the benefits. We are asking that the proposed design for the creek not assume any limitations on the location and flow of the creek at this early stage of planning process. Um, Transition Berkeley asks that you change the description of alternative design from just partial flow to supporting a full uh, flow restoration. Yeah, and um, we can be, we believe it can be done while still supporting the other important park uses like the farmer's market and events. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon, City Council. My name's Erin Deem, and I sent an email at 156 today, and I thought I would just read it, actually, because I imagine you probably didn't have time. I imagine you get a gazillion emails every day. So in the email, we are writing to share the many expressions of strong support in your Berkeley community to restore Strawberry Creek and Civic Center Park. Please take a look at the thoughtful comments that were pasted below in that email. And some they the ones that are from an online petition are in this orange packet that I printed out and sent. And then these are the physical signatures that we took in the parks, 250 here and over 60 here. Young and old people, people of all ages, love the vision of a restored healthy creek. And I want to say parents really love it. When we were gathering some of these signatures, we got to talk with the parents. And some of them even told us that their child actually likes to come to the creek every day. And when I think about that, I think about that, that's the next generation of environmental leaders. And since this is right across from Berkeley High, this could be a really fantastic opportunity for potential outdoor classrooms. So, but to make the creek a reality, we do have one request and you've heard it already. And that is to please modify the language you vote on tonight to allow for a full exploration of the creek, including the potential for a full restoration consistent with other uses in the park. If we do limit the, the language to just a partial flow, it could interfere with the current effort to secure grant funding from the California Wildlife Conservation Board or other funding agencies. And I do wanna say the goal is to fund all these studies and the construction from outside sources. There's hundreds of millions of dollars at the state level for urban greening and bringing nature into our cities. We are very aware, the Creek advocates of the really important other stakeholder groups like the farmer's market and are committed to ensuring that they thrive. And um, if you look at the packet, this first is just an article in the Smithsonian that just came out recently about how restoring creeks um, revitalizes the downtown. If you look at the next color page, 
It's actually a rendition that shows, although the 1999 study said it had to be 150 feet wide, the uh, design, restoration design group has revisited the site and finding that it could be as narrow as 75 feet. And it's got some really nice features here, how people can get down and enjoy the creek. So it wouldn't just be some kind of crazy steep banks that people couldn't get down to. So, and then if you have a moment, just to read through some of the beautiful comments that people have actually written and from the heart about their love for a creek. So thank you very much for your time. And thank you to staff and uh, Siegel and Strain for their hard, hard work on this. Good afternoon, uh, Mayor Ergin, members of the council. My name is Tom Kelly, and I'm with other members of Restore Strawberry Creek. We're an informal advocacy group trying to see if it would be possible to daylight Strawberry Creek in Civic Center Park. Uh, I did want to focus on this word partial versus full flow, and I should say that it's a term of art, and it means something. And uh, if you actually investigate partial flow restoration, you can see they're more symbolic than they are an actual creek. And the agencies that we're seeking the funding from understand that difference, and they're not going to support a partial flow of restoration. Um, they want to see that the city is actually on board with a full flow of restoration at that site. I also wanted to mention that since we applied to the Wildlife Conservation Board, we've actually begin, begun to think about extending the application to include the culvert on the west side of Martin Luther King. In effect, diverting the cul uh, culvert from underneath Model Sharek building and putting it in between the courthouse and the building to avoid the kinds of problems that you'll probably run into by trying to rehabilitate that building without dealing with the culvert underneath. So I think there's a, a lot of possibilities here. Uh, certainly, we'll be able to go forward, seek that funding from these state grantors if this language is changed. If it isn't, I think we probably won't be able to go forward because the we've been unable to find a funding source that would be willing to do something like that. So thank you very much. It's a great report. Thank you for, to the consultants and everybody and to Liam for all their support all the way through. Thank you. Uh, my name is John Aronovici. I'm the currently the museum manager at the Berkeley Historical Society and Museum. Um, this is kind of an addendum request to the city council. I've been in the veterans building for 20 some odd years. Uh, and uh, we're very concerned that until this project uh, emerges with the shovels and whatever that more be done to maintain these buildings. Uh, I One of the previous uh, public works directors, I won't name, said to us once, we will do nothing unless it's life-threatening to these buildings. Uh, so they sit and deteriorate. And I think there's some things that could be done now uh, out of current funds or small raised funds. 
uh, to maintain these buildings until the point where we are digging and creating the, the new creations. Uh, thank you very much. Hello, Kelly Hammergren. Uh, I was going to give up my mask until one of your colleagues informed me there's more COVID in the city. So I've got it on and I hope you can hear me okay. Uh, I have been a member of the Sierra Club for decades, uh, but I've only started attending meetings in the last few months. And the Sierra Club voted um, last evening to support daylighting the creek and the usual members who would give this report were unable to attend today. And I said that I would come and represent the group, even though I'm not really a, a what would you call full-fledged member that's been there for years, like council member Hahn. Um, so you did re receive a letter today from the Sierra Club and it arrived in your, should have arrived in your mailbox around 1257 um, PM. And I'll just um, read some parts of that. Uh, I'm running out of time here, but I think it's important. Okay, please, you can read the letter. Yeah. Read the letter? Read the whole letter, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is regarding daylighting Strawberry Creek and Civic Center phase two design and support with modification. Dear Mayor Ergin and members of the Berkeley City Council, we write in strong conceptual support of the Civic Center phase two design concept, inclusion of daylighting of Strawberry Creek and Civic Center Park. Doing so offers the unique opportunity to restore habitat and ecosystems in the heart of Berkeley, thus fulfilling a long-term goal of the Sierra. A restored creek would enhance biodiversity, provide educational opportunities for students, support public health, address historic inequities of nature access, mitigate urban heat, provide critical flood control, and much more. However, we are concerned about the wording in the design concept as it limits daylighting to just a partial flow restoration. This approach has the following limitations. It is based on a study from 1999. Creek science has evolved greatly since then and a much narrower, narrower accessible full flow design is possible. It would minimize the ecological benefits, limiting the scope before knowing what is possible. And most importantly, a partial flow could interfere with efforts to secure grant funding. Funding agencies want to support healthy, ecologically rich stream restoration, not creek features. Therefore, we respectfully ask you to amend the language in the binding resolution to allow for the exploration of a full flow restoration of the creek consistent with other uses in the park. Changing this one word, partial to full, is significant 
because the California Wildlife Conservation Board has extended an invitation to submit a full grant proposal for funding a plan and design study, allowing for a full exploration of all restoration possibilities will ensure the proposal has the greatest chance of success. Thank you for your commitment to lead on the environment Daylighting Strawberry Creek in the Civic Center will align with Berkeley's goal to be a resilient city. Okay, thank you for letting me go over. And uh, personally, this is really important um, to have more nature in our parks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are there any other members of the public here in the boardroom who'd like to speak on the Civic Center Phase Two design concept. Okay, if not, we'll go to um, speakers on Zoom. If you're on the Zoom platform and would like to speak on this item, please raise your hand to be added to the speakers queue. Okay, we'll go first to David Flores. Yes. Good afternoon, Council. Um, thank you so much for um, for for letting me speak. Um, my name is David Flores. I'm the executive director of Berkeley Community Media. And I just want to speak in approval, or I hope that you all approve this um, resolution to move forward with what um, has been planned with uh, Susie's architecture firm. They've done, I think, an amazing job of figuring out what the community wants and figuring out the best way to achieve it. And speaking just from, from Berkeley community media side, um, having that dedicated space in the back under the new construction would be amazing you know in 2018 we lost our studio space which was located at the berkeley high school building and the ability to have uh, a studio space to produce shows again to have a dedicated space for with controlled lighting and sound um, is something that we are in dire need of currently and um, having it in what I envision as being the cultural heart of the city, um, right next to uh, the historical society and community events and city um, council area would just be a great way to kind of streamline the people's ability to tell the rich diverse story which, which Berkeley has. So. Um, I hope you vote yes on this. Uh, thank you for your time. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll be chatting. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll go next to Keith Johnson, followed by Christopher Kroll. Good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for uh, taking comments today. Uh, my name is Keith Johnson. I'm a resident of District 4. I'm also a professor of the Graduate School and Linguistics at uh, Cal. Um, you have to admit that Civic Center Park is a nice expanse of lawn, but it's ultimately an arrogant park. The park says, I know there used to be a creek here, but we want it gone. It says, I know there used to be insects and animals here, but we want them gone. It says, I know there used to be native people here, but we want them gone. I am simply not comfortable with this arrogant message being the theme that our Civic Center sends about Berkeley. The fact is the native people are still here. The plants and animals are still here and Strawberry Creek still runs through the city. 
Let's honor the heritage and native culture of this land and restore the creek to its full flow in the heart of our city. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go next to Christopher Kroll, followed by Tony. Uh, good afternoon, council members. Uh, this is Christopher Kroll. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about this, this effort, and I just wanted to congratulate all involved. The Civic Center really needs to be rethought, and this is a great step forward. But as someone who used to work at the Coastal Conservancy, one of the agencies that has funded prior creek daylighting projects in the city of Berkeley, for which Berkeley was a pioneer in the country, I want to second what you've heard tonight, that, that um, limiting language in the plan that says that the city will only look at partial restoration is not a smart way to get agency funding from the Wildlife Conservation Board, Coastal Conservancy, other state agencies. I would encourage you to be open to the possibility of full restoration or a range of restoration options so that the funding agencies know that full restoration is an option that the city is considering. So I, I support I support the language you've heard from people um, urging you to make that change in the language as the staff and Creek advocates and others look for outside funding to help the city with that component of the civic center redesign. Um, I just wanna add habitat restoration, like I just said, Berkeley has been in the lead of this movement, the urban streams, Creek's restoration, as I'm sure everyone on the council knows. And this is certainly a time to, to stay in the forefront. You've, other communities in California have done urban Creek restorations in their downtown, as you're, I'm sure, all very well aware. Um, and the downtown Berkeley really needs an attraction right now, really needs help. And so Daylighting's Creek could certainly help the downtown. And also, as um, Steve Finicom said, the culvert is very old. Um, Culverts don't last forever. This is like a hundred-year-old culvert that the creek is running in. So really now is the time to think of what is what is the 21st century going to do with this creek? And you, you are going to eventually have to replace this culvert. Um, so now is the time to think about um, daylight. And that, and I also wanted to add that yeah, state grants, state funding is available. And so this is a good time for the city and its partners to be looking for funding for this type of work. Congratulations to all and thank you for your time. We'll go next to Tony, followed by Cameron Wu. Uh, this is Tony Mester. Uh, greetings. Uh, this is a good plan, but it has an unresolved problem. It doesn't deal with the disintegrating Strawberry Creek culvert that runs beneath the Model Chirac building, also known as Old City Hall. The culvert is very old. It's probably constructed in the 1890s, in the decade before Old City Hall was built in 1908. There's no mention in the plan if the seismic study analyzed the condition of the culvert or made recommendations. It is inconceivable that the renovations imagined for that building can go forward without resolving the problems of the culvert, which has a history of failures going back for decades. And no wonder, concrete does not last forever. And the culvert was built with concrete mixed in a primitive machine drawn by a horse and buggy and poured into a wooden form over a cobblestone floor. You can see a cross section in Strawberry Creek Park where the culvert was daylighted for about 200 feet in 19, 
84. The Wolf Mason Associates 1999 study has a map of the failures along the Culver and Century Berkeley. At the present, I don't know of a study of the culvert west of MLK. Perhaps the storm drain master plan on tonight's consent calendar will offer some analysis and suggestions without requiring separate funding or a separate study for purposes of the Civic Center plan. So I will comment about that tonight on the consent calendar. I think that you could probably uh, as they say, kill two birds with one stone. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to Cameron Wu, followed by Phil Allen. And those are the last two raised hands I see on Zoom. So if anyone else wants to speak, please raise your hand now. Cameron Wu, you should now be able to speak. Great, thank you very much. My name is Cameron Wu. And I'm a longtime resident of West Berkeley and a Berkeley Civics Art Commissioner, but I represent solely myself today. And I'd like to urge the council to approve the proposed plan for the Civic Center Phase Two design concept. This proposed design plan was thoughtfully conceived via extensive community meetings and considerable dialogue. I greatly appreciate that this plan responds to a call to improve civic participation and also poses that this area become the art center of the city, thus reimagining it as the cultural hub of Berkeley. Please support this proposed design plan in front of you today, which should also include the exploration of daylighting Strawberry Creek as presented previously by many, many commenters. Thank you very much, Council. Okay, thank you very much. We'll go next to Phil Allen. Good afternoon, counselors, stakeholders, and uh, presenters. Uh, I am Phil Allen. I live in D1, and I would like to parenthetically uh, reassert my, uh, something that I have been gently pushing for years now, quite some time. I think that somewhere Civic Center Park would be an ideal place to, in some way, probably incised in pavement, uh, somewhere in the park apron, a recognition of our sister city relationships. It could be uh, around compass rows, which could have radiating arrows pointing to all directions of the compass and uh, show all the all of these cities that uh, we have these relationships with. I think it would be a further enhancement and, uh, and an educational uh, uh, prop for everyone who, attend, uh, who visits the park. So with that, I'll say thank you very much for all your work and we'll see what happens. Bye. Thank you very much. Okay, are there any other members of the public on Zoom who would like to speak on item one, the uh, phase two civic center design concept? Uh, if so, please raise your hand now. Okay, I don't see any raised hands of members wishing to speak and don't think there's anyone here in person who um, would like to speak. So we'll close public comment. And um, and now the council will um, discuss and take action on this item. I want to uh, first start out by saying how excited how, how excited I am that we're at this point um, to not only 
move forward a bold vision, but I think a really thoughtful plan that is really based on um, extensive community input for the future of our civic center and to reimagine what it can be a center of um, our Berkeley civic life, our community, our arts and culture, our farmer's market, um, and nature in the city. And I think it really builds on um, a lot of our city's core values. And so I really want to thank the, all the um, staff and consultants who worked to bring us to this point, because I think it really, this really does reflect, I think, um, uh, the input that, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Berkeley residents have provided over the past several years. Um, and um, I think really builds on the history um, of our historic civic center. And I just want to reflect on, you know, how we got here, you know, 2014, uh, we adopted a zoning overlay for our civic center. Um, and uh, not just to include the buildings in the Civic Center, but also the, the post office building. Um, and that was really intended to protect our Civic Center, to keep it for civic use, for cultural use, um, so that we're not commercializing our Civic Center, but really honoring its purpose um, as a center for arts, education, culture um, in the heart of our city. Um, and in 2018, Councilmember Weingraf and myself and Councilmember Hahn and Harrison brought forward an item to be to begin a process to look at planning for the revitalization of our civic center. We funded that through our city budget. Um, and 2020, we adopted a vision statement. And now here we are in 2023 to adopt a design concepts, um, uh, which will guide the next phase of our work. Um, and hopefully will help inform not just um, efforts to identify grants and private funds, but maybe a, a potential revenue measure in the future um, to allow us to have the funding to complete this, this vision. Um, I certainly intend to work in whatever capacity I'm in, whether it's Mayor Berkeley or as a private citizen, to help work with the community to identify the funding needed from the federal and state government um, to be and local government to be able to realize this vision. Because um, we have a great plan, we have a great vision, but now we have to do the hard work of actually finding the money, uh, developing the, the plans and studies um, to make it a reality. Um, but I think but I think we can do it. I think there's a lot of excitement and energy to help move this process forward. Um, I want to express a few thoughts on some elements of the um, um, of the plan uh, and some impact some some feedback we heard from the community that I hope we hope we can incorporate into the action today. Um, I have long supported uh, creek restoration and daylighting. Um, I have um, since uh, probably for about 20 years supported um, daylighting um, uh, Strawberry Creek, um, whether it's in the upper portion of Center Street um, um, as part of a larger pedestrian plaza on Upper Center Street or Lower Center Street. Now we have an opportunity to look to really look at um, uh, daylighting and restoration of, of, of the creek um, on Lower Center Street um, as part of our, our park. Um, and I really think that we should study all options, full restoration and partial restoration. Um, uh, I do think while we are looking at these options, um, and I think staff did identify a few issues in the report, um, you know, uh, how we're going to deal with um, parking and access on Center Street, um, you know, uh, how much of the park park property would be dedicated towards a, a fully restored creek, engineering issues um, that need to be studied. Um, but I think we need to look at all those all those different um, all those different issues and and to look at full and partial restoration. Um, 
One particular issue that we have to um, we have to really think about is the location of the Berkeley Farmers Market. And I hope that as part of any plan that we approve, that we will commit to having a permanent home for the Berkeley Farmers Market um, at Civic Center Park. Um, uh, I do support as part of the direction to to um, adopt this design concept today that we um, provide direction to staff to look at um, um, the feasibility and cost of um, potential building out or additions to the veterans building to enable additional classroom space and art space. Um, I think that's a, that's a good idea and would be, be good for the city council to who have some information around the cost and feasibility of that as part of any future planning for the veterans building. Um, uh, I do second the comments that we do need to commit to ongoing maintenance of the veterans building um, and old city hall until we are ready to move ahead with uh, the renovation of these, these incredible buildings. We can't let demolition by neglect um, result in the, the, decay um, of these incredible buildings that really are um, historic jewels um, in our city. Um, so we need to maintain some, some basic maintenance um, for not just life safety, but also because these are buildings that our public is using. Old City Hall, we have Berkeley Community Media and we, have, we use that building for um, a shelter for our unhoused community. And um, and then the Veterans Building, we have options, recovery services, and we have the Berkeley Historical Society. Um, so there are a lot of people that use that building also. Um, I do want to just call attention to an issue that we have received some communications about, which is um, what are we going to do with the, um, the drop-in center and the use of these buildings for um, shelter, for congregate shelter for persons experiencing homelessness? Um, and we we are using that as an interim use until we have um, uh, till we've retrofitted these buildings and we and we have um, a plan for their future use. Um, but we we will have to figure out um, another location to site these really important um, uses because um, sadly homelessness is not going away. Um, our city is committed to um, ending homelessness and reducing the impacts of homelessness on our community. And key to that is actually having places for people to um, to sleep um, outside of the outside of the elements um, and to access services. And so we'll have to think about in, in the coming years where we're gonna where we're gonna relocate those services to. Um, but we absolutely need to find another location. Maybe it's some other city building, maybe it's a property we lease, but we're gonna have to figure out a solution there. Um, so I actually would like to, um, I guess take my prerogative as the, the the mayor to make a motion to adopt the staff recommendation as revised in the packet. This is the revised version of the item um, that was submitted on July 11th by staff um, making these technical changes um, to approve the item with the following direction that's part of the study of uh, potential creek restoration that staff is directed to study a full and partial creek restoration that we are committing to um, maintaining a location for the Berkeley uh, Farmers Market in the Civic Center um, to direct staff to study um, the potential um, build out um, or addition of space in the courtyard and additions to the Veterans Building to enable additional classroom and, and arts and culture space 
and to provide um, information on the feasibility and cost estimates of, of that. Um, and that's my motion. Second. Thank you. Councilmember Weingraf. Yes, thank you very much. Um, well, first, I want to thank uh, Ms. Hollander and uh, the consultants from uh, Siegel and Strain and uh, Mr. Garland and his staff for all of the work uh, that they did to bring this forward to us. Um, the, if, in some ways, I'm having a deja vu because uh, this we've studied this before and um, we've had plans before and and they never they just never got off the ground i'm hoping um this won't happen again um and that finally we will be able to move forward with something uh something in our civic center um i have a couple of questions and a couple of comments um my first comment is that um in reading the plan and um there is absolutely no mention of the county courthouse um, my understanding is that the county courthouse is city is owned by the city of Berkeley. And, you know, if we're looking at a concept design for the Civic Center, it would seem to me that it's very important to include this building in the plan. Um, there's an opportunity here for the city to possibly regain use of that building or of that land. And that was not under consideration at all. So I'm I'm disappointed that sort of there's a blind spot where that county courthouse is and nobody's talking about it. That's that's my first point. Um, the farmer's market is so critical to the downtown and to residents from all of Berkeley. Um, I think it's probably the most popular farmer's market that we have, and it it draws thousands of people on Saturday morning to the downtown. So I'm very concerned about um, uh, the possibility of having conflicting conflicting needs that might mean that the farmer's market would have to relocate to another, uh, another location. Um, I guess I have questions for uh, Mr. Garland regarding the condition of the creek culvert under city hall under old city hall do we have any analysis of what the condition of that culvert is councilmember wengruff um there has been a recent condition assessment along a large stretch of um of the creek um uh and i don't uh, quite remember within the um the confines of this project area the deficiencies that were identified in that study but that's something that um uh we will be able to feed in let me step back if council does approve uh moving forward and if that uh, feasibility study is funded uh, uh that condition data from um uh that was gained this year as part of a separate project would be fed into the um uh, that study does that make sense what i'm saying um i'm not sure which feasibility study are you referring to so um so in in tonight's plan um it recommends following up with technical studies around uh you know traffic circulation and parking and a study on the creek 
Um, and so that uh, technical study would be informed by some of the condition data uh, we've collected as part of a separate project uh, in the last year and uh, new um, uh, condition data that would be gathered up through that next technical study. And what 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 is the price tag on these studies? Uh, these are, of course, estimates. The Creek study is probably in the range of three to five hundred thousand uh, dollars for that study. Uh, the uh, traffic circulation um, and parking study is probably in the range of about three hundred thousand. Okay, and uh, are those uh, is the intention to have those studies funded through grants, or would that be? Uh, would those be funded through city sources of money? Um, it could be either or both. And what I what I mean is that if council is to adopt the de design concept and plan tonight, um, staff's work would be then to figure out the funding of the studies and whether there's grant opportunities that might help fund those studies. Or if not, uh, then coming back in AO1 or AO2 with budget requests for those studies. Okay. Okay, thanks. My understanding from the Wolf Mason report, I think, or maybe it was actually in this report, was that um, uh, the creek would need about 150 feet in width uh, to be restored on Center Street. Um, so I'm just trying to visualize that is, uh, that's a lot, 150 feet. That's about three, three traditional parcels, uh, in width and would take up a significant amount of the parkland. Am I correct in that, in, in that? Uh, I'm going to hand it uh, back to Susie, um, uh, to confirm that. Susie, can you confirm that? Yes, I can. Um, the... The park plan that shows information about the creek in the planning document was information that we pulled out of the 1999 uh, Wolf Mason study. And as we've heard, there's that was in 1999. <laughs> there has been other creek restoration work and studies that have been done in other parts of the city and country and world. And that information, there may be an update that needs to happen for that information. That's why we think a comprehensive study would be a good thing to do here to really understand what that width would be, what laying back the banks would be, how deep the culvert is, all right. things. We're taking water out of a pipe and we're putting it back into the pipe and we need to figure out how we're gonna do that, how deep, how wide, um, given the hydromorphology of these big, um, atmospheric downpours we've been having, especially this year. I don't know if anybody was down at the foot of campus on January 1st. That was a pretty impressive flow of water. Um, so that is what needs to be modeled and studied and in various formats. I think the question about the condition of the culvert is an important thing to investigate. The flow and the hydrology predictions and models are important to investigate. Um, and then everything that happens in and around that, that um, the laid back banks of uh, Daylit Creek. 
So 150, it may be old information. It may be designs moving forward can be a different width and different configuration. That report also showed different sections that might be considered, you know, a drop-off, a retaining wall, other things. I think the um, Upper Creek study that Walter Hood and others were involved in also showed different configurations. So um, not to say the sky's the limit, but there are there are options to investigate. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, well, there's been a lot of, of, of attention paid to, to the creek issue, but for me, the most important issue is bringing our buildings back up to a safety standard to make those buildings usable and safe. And um, these buildings are really important assets in the city of Berkeley, and we cannot turn a blind eye to the fact that they are literally melting into the ground. So in, in my way of thinking, uh, the buildings come first. And I'd like to see our attention our, and our focus on the buildings. And, and if you want to call it, you know, phase one of the phase two concept design plan, fine. But the buildings to me are way more important than focusing on, on the creek and the landscaping of the park. That to me is, is, is very, very critical. Um, so that's where I would like to see our energies go. And um, Mr. Mayor, if you would, if you would agree to make that the first priority, in terms of what we study and how we proceed and how we fundraise. Um, to me, um, to focus on the creek and not focus on the buildings to me is irresponsible at this point in time. Um, I agree. Um, I, I also understand that there may be a current application or a potential application for state funds for the purpose of studying daylighting. And if, if there's a grant opportunity that we can apply for, and it might, I don't know if it's PW or if it's parks, because it's technically in a park, um, that we can apply for to leverage money to be able to do this so we're not paying for all of it through city funds. I don't want to miss that opportunity either. But no, I do agree okay. with you that the I, I get that. But there should be a statement somewhere in what we, in our resolution, stressing the importance of these structures, these buildings, and, and um, bringing attention to the fact that they need to be brought up to a safety standard to make them functional and safe for use. And that should be a priority. I, I'm happy to accept that as a friendly amendment. I think that's actually what that's what led us to initiate this whole process. Exactly. It's the the actual condition of these buildings and the need for us to seismically retrofit them and, and bring them back to useful life. So I would certainly support that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I didn't take that down word for word, but the second paragraph of the resolution as written speaks to the buildings. I, I, I guess I would, I, what I would, how I would uh, rephrase what Councilmember Wangraff said 
is that as part of taking this action, we um, state that our highest our highest priority is the um, seismic retrofit and improvement and, rede and, and redevelopment of these buildings to realize the, um, the, des the design concept that the council is approving. Does that make sense, Councilmember Weingraf? Yes, I just I just want some statement of priority in yeah. there, and I um yeah saying Thanks. it as our first and highest priority. Yeah, I think we all agree with that. Um, so I, I I certainly support that, and that's that's what we're including. Thank you. Okay, uh, Councilor Han. Thank you so much, and uh, I just want to say how excited I am by this. This plan, uh, I want to thank um, Eleanor Hollander. I want to thank the uh, the design and planning team. I want to thank Public Works because I know there's a big piece of this um, for them as well. Uh, <laughs> I have for decades, <laughs> as someone who grew up in Berkeley and has raised my own family here and spent most of my life in this community, I have been dreaming and hoping for a wonderfully re revitalized civic center as the heart of our city. I think as a city that prides itself on democracy, participation, and the value of civic life, for us to have um, a civic center that is not renewed and revitalized and it isn't the beating heart of our community is uh incongruent, if not sad and perhaps shameful. Uh, so this is something I've been enthusiastic about for a very long time. Um, I think a lot of people don't know how the Civic Center District Overlay Zone was written. It was actually written at my dining room table um, uh, by the mayor, who at that time was a council member, and myself and Austin Hall, who uh, was a longtime community member involved in in uh, preservation and interested in, in things like this, who was working with us. And um, somehow it ended up being adopted, I think without one word changed. And so my own vision from before I was on the council is articulated here um, from our general plan, maintain the civic center as a cohesively designed, well-maintained and secure place for community activities, cultural and educational uses, and essential civic functions and facilities. Um, and then some of the specific purposes that we wrote into here were to preserve the Civic Center District as a place for government functions, community activities, cultural and educational uses, and civic functions and facilities. And so I see a straight line from our general plan to the civic center overlay to the referrals that I happily participated in that, that got these studies. But really, the work that you guys have done here, you, you all, <laughs> um, is really just takes it to another level. I, I wanted to say that I absolutely love the... Um, vision statement, which is Civic Center will be the heart of Berkeley's community. Civic Center will be the prime space for civic life, culture, and the arts. It will reflect the city's diverse identities, celebrating its history, and contributing to shaping its future. 
a place of shared resources and a platform for free expression accessible to all, the Civic Center aims to manifest the city's values, advance social justice, and demonstrate the power of true public space. That is just beautiful. And I know that was crowdsourced, that that reflects uh, the input of a lot of people. But, um, you know, it's nice for us to have some things now and then that make our hearts sing. And that one really does for me. Um, just kind of flipping through the full report, which I did read several times. I read it again today. Um, the preferred design concept, I think, is lovely. I really like the idea of like over here we have, you know, really emphasizing the arts. Over here, we're really emphasizing, you know, um, you know, government and um, community. And over here, we have education. And of course, we have the administration of our city. The city is a corporation um, that provides all these services to the community as the fourth anchor. And I think that's amazing. And as it should be for a civic center in a city that prides itself on democracy and civic engagement. Um, I also really like the emphasis on natural landscape. Um, there is the historic, the underlying historic um, sort of uh, Beaux-Arts <laughs> uh, park, but that can be rendered with um, modernized landscaping. And I think it could be a really interesting mix of maybe so the traces of the historic layouts, but mixed with fresh and um, natural vegetation and plantings and things like that. Um, on the daylighting of the creek, I, I'm more than happy to see that studied. I would prefer that the money for that study come from this grant, which I hope we can obtain. Um, I am uh, open to believing that it can really work in this location. I am a little concerned about the constrained nature of this site, as opposed to kind of a, a more natural park um, uh, that is not, um, you know, surrounded by buildings and streets. Uh, something less urbanized is where I've seen this be most successful, but I would love to see the study. Um, and if we can get that, I'm very happy. I would like that study to not just look at the creek itself and kind of how how do you daylight a creek and all those technicalities that you mentioned, but how will people get across the creek? What is the maintenance of the creek? How does um, the creek um, orient movement in the space? Um, how will it function? in demonstrations. This is a very important place for free speech activity. And uh, sometimes we don't love everything that's being said, but we always support free speech. And often that is manifested in the middle of our city. Sometimes that even presents some security concerns. Certainly um, in 2017, uh, during the Trump presidency, we had some kind of scary um, demonstrations in our in our civic center that included people bringing weapons and chains, and there were there were fights and some very very distressing, violent 
um, activity. I know we've all we all have amnesia. We're in this little time where we think we're going to escape that, but it may come around again. Um, and so I want to make sure that this study looks at everything, everything, security and maintenance in the normal conditions under other conditions that we know can happen in this space. Um, I'm also very concerned about the farmer's market, uh, making sure they have a permanent home is a very, very high priority for me. So I think there's a lot to study. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing that. Um, moving on, um, I don't know if folks follow along at all, but um, on page 113, in the section that uh, talks about the Model Sharek building, there are some really nice pictures from the East Bay Performing Arts Center in Richmond, a library in Winnipeg, um, the Exploratorium in San Francisco. And they all show something that I really hope we will do with the Civic Center, which is they show historic buildings with very fresh, modern additions. And while I'm very interested in seeing our historic buildings preserved, I don't want this to be a backward-looking project. I think it needs to look forward as well as back and, of course, serve the present. So I just want to make sure that we are envisioning really fresh, um, mod, you know, modern, contemporary uh, additions that speak to the future as well as the past. Um, got a couple more comments, just doing them in the order in which they come up in the, in the booklet. On preliminary cost ranges, uh, first of all, I think there's a little error on page 141. The total estimated construction costs and other city costs, if you multiply them by 1,000, they are 125 million and 157 million. And I'm thinking there's an extra zero there and that they're probably 1.25 and 1.57 million. At least I hope so. Um, <laughs> but um, one thing that's missing or, or either I missed it is income. I assume there's going to be some income from the properties once they are improved. And certainly that should be able to help with the ongoing maintenance costs. And I think it would be useful to have an estimate of what kind of income we might be able to obtain from these buildings uh, and the park. Um, and also, it would be nice to kind of quantify some of the community benefits or benefits to the community and the ways in which this um, project can really strengthen our community cohesiveness, serve as a magnet for people from all parts of town, bring us together as a community, and um, really elevate the values that we're talking about here. Because I think when we just show the costs, it's easy to forget um, the income in cash, but also with the benefits. Uh, and I think we should enumerate them when we are doing that kind of analysis. Um, I just wanted to say that I second all the comments of the mayor and council member Wengraf. Um, 
I, uh, let's see, I think, yes, the council member Wengraf talking about the county courthouse, it's there, we shouldn't ignore it. Um, maybe that can that can be a facility for us. I know some members of the community have talked about the potential to actually add some additional buildings um, around the um, courtyards of the veterans building. I don't see why we wouldn't study that. Might not be feasible, might be too expensive, but there's no reason not to study it. Um, all of this is going to be costly and there could be some economies of scale for doing things all at once. And so I hope we'll study that as well. The, thank you. Um, that is, uh, that's it for me. Thank you very, very much. And I can't wait for the next stage of this. Councilmember Humbert. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, the plan for revitalizing the Civic Center, um, I think is really exciting. I strongly support it and I wanna um, give my deep thanks to staff and Siegel and Strain, as well as everyone who participated in its development during this long um, and complicated process. I particularly, um, along with um, uh, other members of council, and particularly uh, Council Member Wingraff, want to see Old City Hall and the Veterans Building restored as safe and beautiful buildings, and and that's why I support. Um, the friendly amendment to the motion to prioritize um, uh, that the the restoration and 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 um, uh, earthquake safety of, of those buildings um, because they are in fact melting into the ground as as Council Member Wingraff said. I do also want to say that I treasure our farmers market. Um, it's an incredible resource, and I want to make sure that it is centered in the plan, wherever the plan goes. I, I want it protected. Um, it's really important in, in all kinds of different ways. Um, also, I, I do support looking at um, daylighting in general with a proviso that really, I don't think any city fund should be spent on it. Um, the study should be funded exclusively by, by grants if they're available. So, um, you know, it's interesting. It what what comes to to mind for me is the restoration of the Santa Fe River in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It used to be just kind of an ugly dirt ditch um, uh, separating the city. Um, it's an incredible historical resource, and it's been it's been restored. Um, it's been landscaped. It's beautiful. There's still there's some fish in it now, um, in, in, until it dries up, and it does sometimes every year, but. Um, but it was never run underground. It was never run under buildings. Uh, it was a big project, but it, you know, it didn't have to be daylighted per se. So it was feasible. I, you know, I'm really concerned about the feasibility of, of, you know, turning, um, uh, uh, underground pipes back in, in, into creeks, you know, especially as they run through, um, the, the dense city, the dense center of Berkeley. So, you know, I think it's worth studying. Um, I, I'm a little bit skeptical um, and not so sanguine about it. So I think that's all I wanted to say. Thank you very much. Councilor Kesarwani. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, thank you, Ms. Hollander and Mr. Garland and our consultant team. Uh, for putting forward uh, this item. And I'm sorry we couldn't get to it the other evening. 
and that was a, li- a late night for us. So I, I and I, I really want to just um, really lift up the the significant community engagement that was done to produce this uh, concept design. I remember being interviewed for this. I, I think it was pre pandemic, so the memories are a little hazy, but. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that, that that's wonderful. Can you t- say again how many people were interviewed? In this this portion of the study, there were over 750 people who were engaged in okay. some way. We had 35 or so public meetings or meetings that had people and participants in them. And in the previous study, we had over a thousand people who were engaged. Okay. So yeah, again, I, I just think that that's very impressive, um, even for, for the city of Berkeley, which you know I know we're known for our public processes. So I uh, I just wanted to echo what Councilmember Wengraf said about the importance of restoring these buildings to safe use. Uh, to me, Old City Hall, the Madel Shurek building and the Veterans Memorial building are um, two critical pieces of our city's aging infrastructure, which we know um, we need to invest in. And something no one has noted yet, although it was in the presentation, but my colleagues haven't noted, but I'm, I'm sure we're all aware, is a significant cost to do so. So looking at um, roughly $150 million just for those two buildings. Is, do I have that right? Roughly. I mean, the, the Center Park and streets are are there, but they're not a significant portion of those costs. So... I think we have to keep that in mind, that that is already a very significant price tag. Um, But I I, I think, you know, this is something, of course, we have to do. We have to um, restore our aging infrastructure. And and there's an opportunity here, as the uh, conceptual design notes, to really revitalize this area and have it um, be so much more um, than it is. It has so much potential that I hope that we can realize. Um, Next, I want to just touch on this issue of the creek. And I, I think of, uh, you know, I, I think this concept um, is is very worthwhile. And I do have to note, and Mr. Garland knows, that we restored a portion of Cordonesis Creek in my district um, on Keynes Avenue to, um, to, it was already daylighted, but not in a natural sense. And so we've restored it to have a natural look and feel and it was really a very short segment. And it was, I think it took over 20 years because of the bureaucracy with the state. And there was cost, but it, 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 we got a grant. Of course, the staff time, you know, wasn't all grant funded. But, you know, that, that was a beautiful thing that we did. But it, it was definitely significant staff time. We were able to get, get grant resources, thankfully, to do that. Um, so I have some knowledge of of how difficult this can be and i and i just want to know you know of those over 750 people that you engaged uh the staff report notes that the team heard it sort of seems like the community is somewhat divided on this it sounds like there are those we heard from tonight who talk about daylighting and wanting us to explore the full restoration as the mayor noted but also others who talked about consistent concerns related to cost, maintenance, and safety. Uh, Could you actually talk more about what the safety concerns were? I think there was two points to the safety concerns. One is it becomes a place where people can be. 
um, and not be seen necessarily and not being aware. And the other is just the torrent of water that might flow through there on occasion. Oh, I see. So okay. There's different aspects of safety. Okay. And I, I am one of those people who is concerned about the cost and feasibility because I did look at what was shared in terms of that 1999 report. And I know you're saying, you know, as you noted, I think when some, when Councilmember Wengraf asked, you know, you'd want to look at hydrology and all of these issues because it's been over 20 years. But is there any reason to believe that that finding about the full restoration being infeasible, that that ultimate finding would change given the passage of time? Or do we need to study to, to find out? As I understand it, in the documents that I have seen that have been around Daylighting Creek on the, you know, what did you call it? Upper, upper Strawberry and Lower Strawberry on Center or Upper Center and Lower Center was the work that was done on Upper Center was far more extensive than the work that was ever prepared for the stretch of Strawberry Creek that is below center or the park between Martin Luther King and Milvia. So between Shattuck and the campus, between Shattuck and Oxford, um, is there was a lot more extensive study there. And my understanding was it was finally found unfeasible being for fire evacuation for service requirements and for utilities. It was kind of a technical um, uh, shortcoming. It's a narrower condition up on the upper center, if you will. Whereas here there's more space in the park, but there's also a fair amount of different uses in the park. It's not a building in the park, but there is festivals, events, et cetera, that happen on a regular monthly annual the marathon, et cetera, all those things. So I think the concerns about the creek, and it was in the survey that we sent out that had almost 700 responses. Half of those 51% were in favor. I mean, that was a check, a high priority, and 49 were, it was not a priority, and there were concerns listed. And those were the concerns we summarized in this report. So it was divided. With that said, the studies that we have seen for that portion of the creek are not, they, they didn't get into the traffic components, all the things that were mentioned by Council Member Hahn. It did not, it was not comprehensive. It was simply more about um, the, the in, and in the 1999 study, they were the team there looked at nine blocks. You know, it was a more overall study of where might the creek be daylight. And they, it didn't, it, for each block, it had a, an idea, a concept, a, a recommendation or a, a consideration. It, the, the Walter Hood study that was later got far deeper, if you will, excuse the pun, into the notion of daylighting the creek. That level of work has not been done for what is what we're calling lower center. Okay, here. where this so, civic center area is located. Okay, well, that's exactly. very helpful to know because I, I, I didn't have that full context of what specifically the 1999 study looked at. So yeah, given that, I, I think it is reasonable to... Um, do as the as the mayor has done to include this exploration of the full restoration. But I, I do want to echo what some of my colleagues have said around 
um, being cognizant of how that is funded um, and, and to make sure that we are looking at outside sources of funding um, because I, I have um, concerns about you know, the feasibility and appropriateness of this location. And so I think we need to stay focused with our local resources on the aging infrastructure of the buildings and look to outside resources for um, having the full understanding uh, of um, what, what it might look like or what it might require to do a full Creek restoration. And then some of these other considerations about how this area would be used and whether it's workable and obviously these fire and evacuation considerations as well. So, um, okay, well, that's, that's very helpful. And uh, finally, you know, I think the mayor may have mentioned this and we did get some emails. And of course, I know we are all concerned about continuity of our homeless services. And I know, um, Ms. Hollander, I had reached out to you before this meeting and, um, and you had sent me a reply and I just want the public to have the benefit of knowing that you had stated that it is the city's intention to have the continuous, um, provision of these services. And we are talking about a significant amount of time for more planning work, further study, and obviously the securing of $150 million or more to do this. So, so we do have plenty of lead time. Is there anything further um, you'd like to elaborate on in terms of the continuity of those services that are currently provided at the veterans building? Um, thank you for the opportunity to just restate what you have already put together, but um uh, it is hard to have vulnerable people in vulnerable buildings. And so as we work to make the buildings less vulnerable, we certainly want to keep the services continuous that are in those buildings. And like you said, because we don't have an exact timeline, because we need our to do our work to get our funding, we will plan for, and it has always been our intention to keep those services continuous. So that's on our boards. That's part of our um, sort of effort here to make sure that those services continue in buildings that maybe are even more appropriate for delivering those services. Okay, thank you so much, Ms. Hollander. Finally, I just want to note, given the cost to do everything, and obviously we would never do everything at once. Well, maybe we would if we had um, <laughs> all the resources available and all the staff capacity and everything. But I, I think it may be worthwhile at some point as we continue down this process to think about, you know, if we have to phase things, you know, what can we do first and what would be the price tag and so that we could at least start to take some bites out of this um you know when i look at you know can we do one building you know can we bring that up to safety standard and meet the the concept that we have here um you know we, we might want to start thinking about that as we move ahead with this thank you very much that's an excellent point um we'll go next to Councilor robinson vice mayor bartlett Ms. Marzuela, Ms. Hollander, Mr. Garland, and Ms. LaVorne, the whole CCCC, all the staff and our friends at Siegel and Strain that have worked on this, uh, congratulations on a huge milestone. Thank you so much for your work on this, the extensive engagement, uh, and for your patience. I know we had you on an agenda a few weeks ago, but it'd be like that sometimes, and now you've got a whole special meeting to yourself and our undivided attention. I want to share with you, I have a an incredibly silly little habit of uh, whenever I have a free hour or two in the middle of a workday in San Francisco. Unstructured time, I like to wander to San Francisco's City Hall and just 
explore for no good reason, which I had the chance to do again just a, a week or two ago. You know, it's one of the finest civic buildings in the country, I think. Uh, but doing so and checking out some of the museums they have in their wings, I was reminded of two things. One, I'm sure I read this at some point, but I had forgotten that the architects of San Francisco City Hall did our City Hall, of course, and based off of, is it the the Hotel de Ville in Tours, France? I'm sure Councilmember Hahn can remind me how to pronounce that later. Um, but also, there were such elaborate displays uh, commemorating the 2000 renovation and restoration of City Hall, a, a beautiful event for the city and something that became so inspiring to me as I think about this journey that we're on and my hope that we'll be someday commemorating in the past tense uh, a similar renovation and truly a restoration of our civic center and that building in particular. Uh, I have had so many opportunities and I'm so grateful to you for the ways that you've engaged this council uh, to discuss my thoughts and vibes about the future of the park, the historic buildings, especially on the role of the Veterans Memorial Building for the Arts. I'm really enthusiastic about moving this forward today and happy to support the recommendation as presented by the mayor with a little emphasis on ensuring a sustained future and location for the farmers markets, uh, exploring the question uh, with the courtyard of Veterans Memorial Building uh, and the Strawberry Creek question. Uh, and I just want to thank all the members of our community who have uh, written in about this. Uh, it's incredibly exciting and interesting to me. Strawberry Creek Park is my favorite park in the city. It's not in my district. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but it's honest. I spent a lot of time around the creek as it's daylighted on UC Berkeley's campus. Uh, in concept, I like daylighting creeks as much as I like daylighting intersections. Uh, but I think the way the issue is presented in the reports, um, I'm very eager for us to study this and am glad to have come to a better understanding that the findings in the report really are based on the studies from years ago. But if we come to similar conclusions, I, I think a full flow restoration is a non-starter uh, that would you know, so significantly impact not just the, the buildings on the block, but even if something more limited was possible, uh, I think the reduction in the usable space of the plaza that we're planning is a, a very serious trade-off. But most importantly, we'll need full information. So I, I look forward to us uh, getting to that point. In closing, uh, at the risk of being dramatic, I, I recently stumbled across the Berkeley Historical Plaque Projects plaque at Old City Hall, uh, and maybe it stirred something in me, but I want to read for you a passage uh, from the end of the plaque. It's just the last little bit, noting that at the June 27th, 1908, cornerstone laying ceremony, University President Benjamin Ide Wheeler proclaimed, the Capitol at Washington cannot stand unless our townhouses have good cornerstones, firm set and true. And in declaring that the new city hall would be our townhouse, Wheeler spoke of his hope, quote, that we will respect the rights of others, that we will all be citizens and stay amateurs, that we will live together in mutual helpfulness, that we will try to make Berkeley the best town there is. Which I think just rings so true today too. So I hope we'll hold on to that as this progress uh, as this project carries forward, and I'm excited for us to adopt this and excited to see that open up some funding opportunities for us. Thank you all. Council Vice Mayor Bartlett. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, and I'll be brief. The, um, uh, you, you know, the Berkeley was almost the capital of California, and we were passed over for Sacramento for some unknown reason. 
but I, you know, in many ways, we we are the capital of California, and I think our civic center deserves to represent that. Um, you know, of course, I support the 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 farmers market. It's a vital vital um, asset for the community for the city, and of course, the restoration of the beautiful buildings. Um, I, I must say again, I am dismayed that there's not a fountain in this plan, like a water based fountain um, that I think should be there. Uh, and so if we can't have a fountain, then I, I support 100 uh, percent a creek daylighting the water. And I'll say this, the the health benefits have been spoken for tonight. Very, very clear. Um, this oasis in the urban environment is good. Uh, and also the economic benefits. And without doubt, study after study shows the economic benefits of having waterways where people congregate in cities and towns. And so the economic benefits of having a, a flowing waterway through the downtown uh, would likely be so great that property values and commercial activity uh, would be just um, stratospheric in growth. And that could be captured through various tax revenue, bonds, that kind of a thing, tax capture, tax increment financing, uh, enhanced infrastructure finance districts, uh, which could support the rest of the projects we want to do. So we could actually leverage the water to, to, to help rebuild those old concrete buildings that we love so much. So just to put it out there um, to, to look into that because uh, the benefits would be tremendous uh, in more ways than one. Okay, thank you. Unless there's any further comments, we have a motion um, to uh, approve the uh, staff recommendation as revised on the July 11th, uh, 2023 submission with the uh, friendly amendment from Councilmember Wengraff um, and the uh, additional um, direction that I include in the motion. So if the clerk can please call the roll. Councilmember Kesarwani? Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison is absent. Han? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragin? Yes. Okay, motion carry. Okay, that motion does carry. Thank you all for coming this afternoon. Uh, onward um, to the next phase. So I'll make a motion to adjourn the four o'clock special meeting. Second. Let's call the roll on adjournment. Councilmember Kesarwani? Yes. Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison is absent. Han? Yes. Wengraff? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Humbert? Yes. And Mayor Aragin? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, um, we just adjourned our four o'clock special meeting. We need to take a 10 minute break before we start the uh, six o'clock regular meeting. Um, and if any member of the public would like to speak to an item that's not on the agenda, please fill out a card with the city clerk over here because we will randomly select. 10 in-person speakers. Um, so um, if you'd like to speak to an item not on the agenda,